With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Sexton trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton inside. A thunderous dunk. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The NBA Draft Lottery is just three weeks away, and while we've been focused on the Cavs lately, the NBA playoffs have been off to an incredibly exciting start. So today we're going to take a a small look at the playoffs, of course, discuss some Cavs tie-ins, and with me today is my co-host to discuss this all, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. Got a late start uh, getting ready for the podcast, but we're hitting levels everywhere we need to hit levels. I didn't miss punch anything, and we're recording. So, you know, we're going to call that a win in this country. Look, you, you came up clutch. It's not always going to be ideal situations. You're, you're not always going to have your full roster available like a lot of these NBA teams, uh, but you got to make do with what you have, right? Absolutely. I'm sorry. You caught me mid-sip of my root beer. <laughs> well, you, ever I, a, you have a root beer recently, Justin? I have, uh, yes, I have. I, it is candy in a bottle. It they is are candy so in a freaking bottle. good. I I have root beer basically only when I go to A and W, uh, because I'll go through the drive through and get. Are A and W chains like a big thing there? Because I've only seen a few in my day. Not not a huge thing, but they do good le- lettuce wraps for their burgers, so that's why I choose them over other options. A gluten free uh, lifestyle. Living that gluten free life, man. Um, <laughs> speaking sure, of sure. lifestyle and culture. The Miami Heat swept out of the playoffs, and this is actually where I want to start because I I think Miami is a great example of what a lot of people are struggling with right now, which is how to evaluate this season, how to evaluate the bubble. Uh, we've talked about the issues that they, the Cavs had with injuries, and just getting a read on what this NBA season is and where these teams stand I, I found to be incredibly difficult. What do you I need make? You to be having, I need you to be having more fun with this. <laughs> I, Broad I, I, season, baby. The Bubble Boys, baby. Jimmy Bubbles. Get is, is that here. All right. Well, Get so I, out of here, boys. <laughs> well, they did win as many playoff games as the Cavs this year. So if you wanted to take a step so towards they, heat they culture. They probably deserve the, the same amount of respect in the national media, says this unbiased observer. I, I, I think you raise a valid point. What do you make of it? Do you actually go the bubble fraud route when you're talking about the Miami Heat, or is there a little bit of room for nuance here? Not all the way, but a little. I mean, they, they shot the absolute crap out of the ball. 
They mm-hmm. blitzed the Bucks, uh, who were in the middle of an absolute crisis, and then beat a Celtics team that nobody thought was, you know, a, a finals-worthy team in one of the worst Easts in recent memory. Um, they, you know, they got a superstar-level play out of Bam. They got superstar-level play out of Jimmy. They got not trade for James Harden, maybe, kind of play out of Tyler Hero. Yeah. <laughs> who, by the way, was not that like that during the regular season. So, you know, uh, you know, everyone has their Booby Gibson moment. I'm happy Tyler had his and some big, some clutch minutes. Um, but, you know, all things must end. And I think that, you know, that I just couldn't, I couldn't get past the fact that every, like I, I last year they were like a 47 win team or something like that or on pace to be. And I thought that's about what they were this year. And that's what they're going to be the next couple of years unless they get a legit superstar. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not counting on uh, Ka- uh, Kawhi. I can't do the pun. I can't do the Kawhi Beach. There it goes. Yeah, you're, that's you're, a you're mouthful. No, you're wow. no Steve Jones. That's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, unless they do, that changes the dynamic, and that's the nice thing about having Heat Culture, aka South Beach, is that you have people that want to go there, and you know, it, it's such a glamorous destination. Uh, let alone, you know, the organizational reputation they have. So, like, they're always in the game. So it's like, it, it kind of annoys me when people are like, yeah, Pat Riley always has one, you know, a couple moves in his back pocket. I'm like, well, no crap. Well, so- sometimes the moves that he has in his back pocket is giving massive contracts to James Johnson, Tyler Johnson, Dion Waiters, Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Sometimes you in, get lucky. Bringing in Danny Granger as the replacement uh, or the, the guy to help bring Miami over the top again and, and help out LeBron win another ring there. That didn't work out too well. So, so yeah, I guess my general point is I think they're pretty good. And I still thought they were pretty good. And I thought, you know, like in a lot of ways, they're kind of a try-hard team. And try-hard teams normally get beaten by better talent. And now that the Bucks, uh have, uh, you know, brought some wipes to the to the bathroom uh you know they're they're doing all right now they're not pooping down their leg anymore in the playoffs (laughs) and they're able to they're able to you know the end the talent clearly it wasn't close i mean you had so many guys like the the weak points in miami became very obvious mm -hmm. and you know the the empty gym stuff i i just can't think it didn't matter when they were like shooting the cover off the ball and making it impossible for teams to hang because i actually saw and i'm sorry i'm just going to keep crapping on the heat but i actually saw someone in the heat twitter say that they actually shot the three just as well before the bubble and i'm like yeah how many good three-point shooting teams without a ton of star power do we see get their water shut off when it matters yeah like that that is the norm the norm is not to stay as good at three-point shooting in the playoffs uh we even saw this happen in the 2016 warriors you know like like where once you threw length and scheme at those get those kind of players they start to make less of an impact so it was like that that is not the uh the the you know the perfect the silver bullet that you think it is he fans so i just think they're pretty good that's their, what they're gonna be and they're locked into their best player who's pretty much the reason they're pretty good or i'm sorry second best player if you're a huge bam fan but like half of their core of of their you know their superstar duo is like how old is Jimmy? Like thirty four? Yeah, it's. I. I mean, he just got outscored by Bryn Forbes in a playoff series. Like, con all the context you want to throw into it, that can't happen, right? And, and you know what that reminds me of? And this will actually put people down kind of a dark road. But remember when Steph was out rebounding Tristan in the finals that one year? Yeah, and it was like a big stat people were using. It's like we could contextualize it all we wanted. 
and and we had good reasons why. Oh yeah, Steph I, might I, have will, been doing it. I will still but, rant like, that Tristan yeah. was playing twenty minutes. Steph yes, was playing forty. Tristan of was course. hurt. Blah 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 blah. But with that said, all you need to know is if that's the stat, ain't going well for you. No, it, it is not going well. And and the reason I wanted to start here is because I I think the question a lot of people are going to have this year and, and even last year is did the best team win. And I, I don't think that this season, we talked about asterisk last year, and we talked about it a little bit going into these playoffs, but I don't, I'm not even convinced the 16 best teams made the playoffs. Like, for, forget uh, I, conference I talk. Yeah, I don't know how often that happens uh, anyway, but like, yeah, I, yeah it's, <laughs> it's impossible to say. And I certainly think the seating is bored. Right. And you look at it now, like, I think there's a legitimate case to be made that Suns-Lakers is the Western Conference Finals. Like, I think that's probably how it would have played out if the Lakers didn't get hurt. I think those teams would have made it there. And even in that series, you have Chris Paul getting hurt, LeBron's hurt, Anthony Davis is hurt. Like, there are so many injuries impacting these playoffs that... I think people are going to have a really tough time um, in an NBA that's always changing and evolving. I think people are going to have a tough time next year figuring out, okay, things are getting back to normal finally. Where do all these teams stand? Because you you look at even this Miami-Milwaukee series. You have last season where, yeah, the Bucks were not as good of a team. They, they brought in Drew Holiday. They made improvements. Giannis is an improved player. Um, I, I think Bud actually did a better job in this series than he has in the past. Like No doubt about it. I, the, I think the offense was looked so much more sophisticated in how they were generating their looks. Not, not only that, he kind of recognized Bam isn't a confident shooter to begin with. And he had a busted up shooting hand, right? So they completely ignored him. They said, okay, we are going to dare you to take those shots. And that's the first time I've ever seen him really game plan for a player. He, he actually went out of his way to say, okay, we're going to not just stick with what we always do traditionally and hope that it works this time. They made an adjustment. And all that context aside, I think even looking at last year, the Milwaukee Bucks were the team that, had a split locker room. They did not want to proceed with the bubble at one point. George Hill talked about how he didn't want to be there. Um, it wasn't a unified roster because of um, the, the, shoot- yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the shooting that had taken place in, in Milwaukee. So I, I think there's just so much context that's going to go into these next two years. And we've talked about it with the Cavs. Like the fact that in 72 games, you had 114 missed games from Garland, Sexton, Love, and Nance this year compared to 24 missed games from them over 65 games the previous year. Like, this, everything is out of whack. And, and to me, it's going to be really interesting because... Can, can I say this, though? Go ahead. I think this playoff... Like, seating be damned. Like, a, a, I'm not super worried about uh, how far teams go in the postseason as much as, like, what I'm seeing. And I do believe that these playoffs are closer to reality than anything we've seen since before oh i disagree that that fateful hold let me get there Mm -hmm. before that fateful game against uh you know that utah game where they walked off because to me it's like these are close to normal schedule conditions for playoff basketball yeah um they're traveling home and away fans are in the arena um and i think that injuries are the biggest reason that there's a wrench in this but I will say this, every season, I mean, maybe maybe you don't have AD and Embiid go down, mm-hmm. uh, but like you, and I, and I actually don't know, I, I had a crazy day. Do we have any more on Embiid? 
Uh, he's doubtful. Doubtful. Okay. Either way, like, but like, you know, even if both of them, you know, completely change the tenor of a series, like there's normally at least one series in a legitimate way that gets messed up from an injury. Mm-hmm. And I, and so for the most part, I like I'm seeing Suns Lakers and I go, yeah, that's really, really elite playoff basketball. And I know more about the Suns and more about the Lakers in a way that informs me about that roster moving forward. Whereas so much of bubble play and this entire season was, well, this is their fifth game in seven days and, and they they're getting COVID tested 47 times before they get to the arena. Like it just, this feels closer. I maybe it's not right exactly, but it feels closer to me. You disagree still? I, I do disagree because, and I, I know you said seeing be damned as kind of a qualifier here. The the thing about the bubble was we at least had a regular, uh, a normal regular season up to that point that established the seating. Like the the best teams were up at the top, and then everybody went into the bubble with equal conditions. I think it benefited teams like Miami and guys that were re- or teams that were relying on role players because those guys are going to perform better under those situations. The, there isn't travel, there isn't crowds to, to contend with. Uh, the, the sight lines were great. Uh, and that's why you can get a really good shooting performance from a Miami. But when you look at this year, the seating is so out of whack because the, the, the guys have gone through so much this year that the entire league has been dealing with tons of injuries. And then you look look at it like the Mavericks go up to nothing and then Lucas shoulder and neck acts up and all of a sudden it is a 2-2 series and I, I think you got to give some credit to the Clippers but at the same time an I injury helped open that door the Clippers again like bro I'm not saying injuries aren't a factor here I'm saying that ultimately these this basketball is closer to playoff basketball because guys it, get it is up. it is 100 it is one season I'm sorry like Lucas playing he's definitely a, he's definitely hurt but also you know the 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 reason they were up 2-0 is because they were shooting the absolute cover off the ball yeah and yeah. and like at like completely unsustainable rates and then that crashed to earth a bit and Kawhi started playing with his food mm-hmm. like or stopped playing with his food sorry Giannis um so like i don't know man like i get it and like ultimately i think if you are someone who is going to say ha 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 the lakers got bounced in the first round if that is if that came to pass yeah. then then it's not real then it's not normal like you shouldn't evaluate it that way but if you're just watching the games and saying and saying team a versus team b team x versus team y i feel like i'm learning a lot about these teams in a way that is meaningful moving forward whereas last year i felt like there was so much noise i i think that's actually a really good point because you did have kind of these breakout bubble stars that Freaking uh, uh, TJ Warren was dropping 50 bombs every other game. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't score a point this season, Carter, to, to your point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a little uh, unfair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a little bit. But like, I, I do think it, it almost reflects what Kobe Altman had said in, in his year-end press conference when he talked about, yeah, we, we don't really have a great feel for where this team is, but we have good data points on the young court because those guys played more than the rest of the team. We, we got to evaluate them under certain circumstances. And I, I think that might be the case as well. Like even the, the Phoenix Suns as an example, like I've been super high on Mikhail Bridges and you can tell he's not quite ready for this stage. He, he's not, he, he's very impactful on the defensive end. He's doing the little things, but he doesn't seem 
yet ready to take that next step as a scorer. And I, I think that you can look at individual examples. I just feel zero confidence at all that we're going to get the best team winning at the end of this year. I, I do not think that's going to be the case. Who's the best team to you? I honestly like if they were fully healthy, I'd pick the Lakers. Like well, I, I think, but that, that again, like that's not fair though because the best team always like like they're in 2015. I think the Cavs were the best team. Yeah, well, and, I, and I agree. Throw it off. Like I don't think you can attribute like necessarily bubble stuff to the, or you know COVID stuff to this where it's like yeah, it's just not normal because the best team isn't going to win. Like that happens more often than we want to admit. It, is it my does. General point. And I wouldn't throw an asterisk on it. Like, I, I don't think that you should ever do that. No, because... I don't think I to be clear, I don't think that's what you're doing. But like mm -hmm. in terms of like a meaningful evaluation and understand and kind of contextualizing the season moving forward. I think that, you know, ultimately the, the winner will have been, you know, I don't think that I think the league is in a place where there's actually like seven or eight teams who could win the title. And it's not just because of health reasons. It's because of a thousand re weird reasons where I really think the only health reason in real practice to me is is the Lakers with LeBron coming back and AD banged up. Mm -hmm. Because if the Nets don't win, I think we you you were of the opinion that they weren't going to win because of oh, they lack are, of continuity. They are going to get steamrolled next round. I feel very uh, confident. Oh, we need a little side bet, my friend, because I think I I I, uh, I have some friends who uh, who strongly believe in nets and five. If you know what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I, I, so, I think a, a chase down side bet it, it, that has not occurred in a side. while. We need to get one going here for sure. Because uh, I'm a big believer in that. And that's but point is, if they don't win, it won't. I think there's a lot of good reasons for it, mm -hmm. and I don't think the league is so top heavy as it's been. Where you go, you know, no matter what, like the team, there's two teams that can win. Like, I just think everyone is super flawed. Even the Lakers team healthy is super flawed. Agreed. So yeah. it's it, it's hard to know. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like, I feel like it's more, I, I feel like what happens in this playoff is reflective of the state of the league. That it, which is that there's so many teams that can win the title right now. And I think that would be the case in a normal year too. I, I think that's a fair point. I, what I'm trying to get at more is like Suns Lakers is, is a prime example. One of these teams is going to lose in the first round and they are not a first round out team. They, they, this is a, a so situation. You're just, so you're just evaluating the way that you like if you choose to evaluate it that way, then that, I think you're right. So I don't really think we're arguing disparate points. We're just choosing to value different things. Right. And even the, the Miami Heat, like uh, I think they kind of. No, no. The way they approach the, the way they approach <laughs> the end of the season, resting guys, trying to to almost get Milwaukee in the playoffs. This might have been a totally different situation for them if they won one or two of those games, and all of a sudden they're playing the New York Knicks, and then you beat the Knicks potentially, and you play a Philly team that has Embiid hurt. Like things could have opened up in a big way there for them. I I still think they they were a little fraudulent I, I don't think that this team is as good as last year's team uh they did make a bet going in on uh victor oladipo and that did not pay out off at, they're at all. pretty like, much the same team though spare me this jay crowder stuff like like if you like phoenix has watched jay crowder let them down the whole series mm -hmm. like it's like if if that if the reason that you're hey, kelly olenic man <laughs> kelly yeah. olenic could have been there to hurt somebody if your team was a legitimate finals contender because you had Freaking Kelly Olynyk and Jay Crowder, and then you didn't anymore. Then you weren't a real Finals contender. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just can't get there.
They they also lost a Twitch streamer. Like that hurt them. Oh well, you know, Jesus, man. <laughs> I, I I might not be arguing in good faith now as I go through those names. And anyways, like I just don't think they're as good of a team. Andre Godala is a year older. Um, like I, I just don't think they're as good. And the Tyler Hero factor is massive. Like he was not a good player this year. Like I, <laughs> you look back at some of the conversations last year when when Hero was ranked over Darius Garland in all the redrafts and um. People would probably have him over Sexton, and now he's below both of them, I, I think, pretty comfortably. Uh, that That's always really entertaining to me. But I, I don't know. I, I do feel like I, I never want to put an asterisk on any season because every single season has context. I think we just become more aware of it, and it's entrenched in our brains because anytime something happens in today's NBA— when the event happens, we have the instant reaction, we have the reaction to the reaction, and the reaction to the reaction's reaction. Like, it is out of freaking control all the time. Like, all of this gets shoved down our throats, and I but think here's it the muddies can the I water. Can I, can I interrupt you here? Mm-hmm. That's why I like the way I'm kind of perceiving these playoffs, which is, is Team A better than Team B? I'm treating it very granularly, one series at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not looking for the big picture here as much as I'm saying... Do I think the Bucks are better than the Nets? Can can they outplay them over a seven game series? It's very like the I feel like the narrower your lens, the actually the better. Like you need the big picture of understanding that like results will be wonky because of how seeding happened. Mm-hmm. But at a bask at the at the you know, dribble the ball, shoot the ball, pass the ball level, it is it is good stuff to comp to take in and learn. That is my point. I mean it <sighs> I, I think you're right. I, it certainly you're is damn entertaining. right. I'm right. <laughs> it, it certainly is entertaining. Like I, I, I think the quality of the basketball, like to me, it resembles what I grew up loving about basketball um, more so than what we even saw in the regular season, where I think offense has gone a little out of control. I do like seeing that teams are able to shut each other's water off. I, the, the even like the the Lakers Suns, like th- those games being a hundred to ninety five in, in that range, like that is exciting to me. Yeah, uh, I, I like a hundred being kind of the marker of whether or not you had a good game. I don't like one thirty being the marker of whether or not you had a good game. Do you agree with my contention though that that series is the Western Conference Finals, or are you high on Utah? Who's at? They've been impressive. Like they are really, they're getting shots up. They can score fairly consistently. I some of that might be the fact that they're playing Memphis, but I, my belief in them is up a little bit. But I'm still inclined to call them fraudulent. It's interesting. I don't know about fraudulent. I think what's kind of neat about um, Utah here is I feel like Memphis was kind of the perfect warm-up series for them Mm -hmm. because memphis does not go quietly into the night at at any point they they fight and fight and what's been really cool about watching utah these last few games because you know i don't think either of us are particularly huge utah fans though i love me some mike conley and i always will um you know i don't think that we've always been big big believers in their kind of their contender status Mm -hmm. but what's cool is that Memphis is making them knock them out. Like they they are they are Rocky against Apollo in the first fight, you know? Like they like they won't go quietly in the night. But what's cool is that Utah is throwing haymakers back and they're saying, "We don't care that you're playing well. Mm-hmm. We don't care that you're out work that you're working super hard. We don't care that you're cohesive. We are better than you." And well, like, and that is really cool to see because like, I always felt like they were kind of a team that just like, you never felt them mm-hmm. 
historically. Like, I've never been like, oh, man, this Utah team is inevitable. And they've been kind of inevitable in this series. I think I, think I you know, I remember last year when Bogdanovich was out and everyone was making a big deal about it. I was like, okay, but is he really a playoff player? And I think this version of him is, uh, especially when, you know, they, they've, they're taking that, you know, that Pistons path where... They, you know, they have a, a nominal star in Mitchell, but really it's a, it's quite the ensemble effort over there. Mm-hmm. And, and like losing a piece like that was really, really important. I think I underplayed it. Um, but yeah, they've just, they're, they're just imposing themselves in the late game against Memphis. They, Memphis knows they need three stops to get back in the game and they, they go over three. Like, and that's really cool to me. And to your point, I, I don't know. I'm curious what you think about Utah before we kind of answer the West finals question mm-hmm. like like do you agree with my my summary or are you still like ah you know whatever they're still the jazz well i when i say fraudulent i say that because i just don't well, it, like them. Yeah, it's being silly yeah it's being silly because i don't like them like i do think they're a really good team i just don't think they're going to win a championship so that is the bar that i'm measuring them at um i mean if I could have the Cavs be Utah for uh, an extended period of time, I would take that. I I would give up my firstborn child for that. Um, but <laughs> I I I think your points are are more balanced and fair. The question I actually wanted to ask, though, is when you're describing like the effort that Memphis is putting up. When I'm right next season and the Cavs are in the playoffs. Would you rather them have a series like this where they are a massive underdog, they put up a really good fight, they make the the better team earn it? Or would you rather them be in a series like the Hawks-Knicks, where you're not playing as good of an opponent, but you probably have a little bit better of a chance to actually advance in the series? Let's say they're the Knicks, the, the underdog in that series, but not by a whole lot. What would you rather have? that The opportunity to advance around and probably get killed? Or would you like to be like... OKC against the Lakers a few years ago. Um, obviously, the, the Cavs don't have a Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Harden type situation, but a team that's viewed as an up and coming team because of how they perform against a really high level talent. Uh, I hate to be a bad co-host, but I'm not sure I care as long as the team's playing well and like in acquitting themselves well in the postseason. Like this one, I, I, I respect your admirable attempt to try to bring this talk back to the Cavs, but to me, it's like. You know, I just want them to to per, I want them to outperform or perform well relative to ex- expectations. Okay. And whatever road up the mountain that is, I don't care. Like if they win a series, <laughs> awesome. If they end up the eight seed and take a game off of Brooklyn and mm-hmm. Colin Sexton drops fifty or something, well, that's awesome too because you're playing with house money at that point. And like that's what we're we've been looking forward to the last several years. Is that first year where you go. Oh, this team's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Damn. And like that's what we haven't gotten to see yet. Uh we had a, a few brief tastes of it this season. That that's what I'm most interested in. See, I, I wasn't even anticipating answering or asking that question, and then you kind of got me thinking. Uh and that's I why I went that direction. I know. I'm I'm already I'm I'm already banking on them being good next year. So for me, I'm already at like that level of what playoff matchup do we want? How, how do we want this to play yeah, out? Chill, I'm not. Bro. I'm, I'm not worrying about. Be happy for a minute. You're just you're just hoping for normal. That's that's so boring. That, Come on, that's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Get your damn expectations up. So let's. I'll get my Let's... expectations up when I'm when it's time. I, th- I want I want I want to have a fun year, not a year where I'm mad that they're not a playoff team yet. If they're not, 
let's circle back before we wrap this thing up uh, as we are going to do a shorter podcast when we aren't talking calves because I mean we are a Cavs podcast you seem pretty confident Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. I, I want our listeners to one reply to the podcast account on Twitter, Chase Down Pod, and give us suggestions for what this bet should be. But why are you so confident Brooklyn's going to be? Is it just the fact that they have those three guys? Because they have three of the best four players in the series. <laughs> and um, I think that their role players are better than people think. I think that Giannis won't guard KD. Dude, Giannis and, averaged like 42 points a game against the... Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Um, <laughs> I am interested to see how that changes in a postseason environment. I think when Brooklyn wasn't asleep at the wheel like they were in Game 3, they did a pretty good, played pretty good defense on uh, on Tatum in the Celtics. Mm. Um, I just think the talent wins out. You know me. I'm a talent snob, man. Like, since when did we... Like, since when... Do the people on this podcast defer to try hard teams that have a talent deficit in the postseason? Like those teams normally don't win. What are you talking about? Like <sighs> you really think the Bucks are more talented than the Nets? Uh, I think the aggregate, yeah. Like I, I think, it, especially when you factor in continuity. Like I'm a continuity stomp. That's that's why when I'm talking about next season for the Cavs, I, I think that I the want them to reason. get more reliable options. Like these guys have played. 15 games together, I believe. Like, they do not have the chemistry oh, yeah, and yeah, continuity. Yeah, James Harden doesn't have a lot of reps with KD over his career. Yeah, well, he has a lot of reps letting KD down in the playoffs, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, especially when there's Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis to defend those three, and Brooklyn can't defend them on the other end, and Milwaukee's actually showing... Um, like they're showing heart. Like we, we talked about it before when I commented that I don't think Giannis can be a number one. The reason why I hedge that in my tweet is he can still become that. Like LeBron was not that, uh, even when he was in Miami, he, he hadn't fully reached that level until he was down against Boston and you got the stare and the switch flip for him. That moment could happen in this postseason for Giannis. And like that would be significant because if that switch flips and he's really attacking the rim and, and he's being aggressive and he just takes over that series, that that would change the calculus. Like then yeah, I would change the calculus, but the current calculus is that he hasn't done he that did, yet. He just did that against Miami. He just did that against a, a team that was his kryptonite. He he just overcame that hurdle. Here, and, here's can I can I just give the the crux of my take? Is that I Jeff think, Green's going to lock down Giannis? Of course not. Never. <laughs> the crux of my take is that I don't think Miami is as good as everyone else thought they were. So while they're exercising their demons was uh, obviously a very valuable mental exercise, I think that ultimately they were playing a team that isn't that talented. Ugh. So, so they're going to play a team that's way more talented in the biggest parts that matter, which is at the top of the roster. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think, I think the fact that Brooklyn can score against good defense consistently is bananas i don't i feel like people underplay how easy it is for them to get good shots bren forbes the one who completely flipped the series on his head yeah is going to get destroyed if he's out there <laughs> they targeted him like crazy in the regular season so they so their role players are gonna have to hit threes at a high level mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, no, and, no, Dante and hurts. No, no, Dante, no Dante hurts. And I feel like Dante hurts too because that does kind of that takes away one extra defender that can allow Giannis to play help D. Like yeah. I feel like Giannis has more of a burden to guard Kevin Durant than he did prior because now you got to go with you know one of your other guard. You either you know put a weaker uh, defender on Harden or Kyrie. And and leave or leave uh, Middleton on uh, on Durant, or you just match Drew to Kyrie, Middleton to Harden, and Giannis to KD. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Bud really wants to do that. Yeah, no, it's it's a valid point. Like I, if I'm being honest, I'm more confident that the Cavs will make the playoffs and the Nets will steamroll, or that the Bucks will steamroll the Nets. It's funny that we both think the other team will steamroll. Like I think it's, I, and, but I don't even think I, I'm five gonna, or six I'm, games, buddy. Five or six I'm gonna, games. I'm going to be annoying and six hedge is my generous. own. I'm going to hedge my own uh, take and be that annoying person. I don't think it's five ass, you know, four ass kickings. No, um, no. I think this is going to be a hard fought series. I just think you know it, it, when it's not cutting time, Brooklyn's going to get point, going to get buckets. So I, I think the other element in this, too, is as low as you are on Miami, Boston's worse. Boston is not going I to... I am not factoring them. in the... Bo- I am not factoring in the Boston series much beyond that they've played okay defense when they were trying. Right, but I, I my point is that Brooklyn hasn't really been tested ever with That's the fair. big three. They, they, they have absolutely no experience. Milwaukee has actually gone through some stuff. Yes, they have new parts, but like Drew Holiday has playoff experience. I, I just I, I just feel like it, it, it will test my basketball beliefs. It will test my basketball beliefs if, just... if Brooklyn beats them because I just I think chemistry and continuity really matters on the stage. I, I would pick Brooklyn to win people... the championship next year when they've had experience but this always takes time even the big three in miami it took time like i I get it i get it man but like the way these are veteran players and i think people just kind of underrate them i I think they underrate the star wattage of that trio relative to nba history we need to ask is we need to ask ty windish what the strip clubs are like in in milwaukee because that that could be a uh, uh Either a good thing or a bad thing for James, but I do not imagine they're strong. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, like I don't know, man. I just think like when I look, I think twenty years from now, uh, you know, you're we're telling our well, I'll be telling my kids. You of course are not a breeder. You'll be telling your nieces and nephews um, about. They'll they'll say, wait, the Nets had James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant all in their prime, and people didn't think they were going to win the title. <laughs> Like, I just feel like they're the easy bet until they lose. Like, I do think they, I see the roadmap that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I just think it is much less likely than them dropping 130 points a game uh, when when it matters. You raise valid points. I'm in on That's this bet, I'm though. really, really smart. I'm I'm in on this bet, though. This definitely has to be a chase give down wager. Give us some wager. stakes, listeners. We, Come on. Give listeners, us some please give us stakes. Uh, whether if you're on Twitter, at ChaseDownPod. If not, send us an email, ChaseDownPod at gmail.com. We will embrace this. We we want a fun one. Don't make it too, uh, too embarrassing. Don't make it too... Pin- yeah, anything that's going to piss my wife off, we're not doing. Uh, I, I I don't care about your wife. I don't want to piss off I'm the well, calves. I'm well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but they don't care if I like shave a mustache or something like that. But my wife will leave me. 
Uh, that that's fair. Ne- neither, honestly, especially the people watching on YouTube right now, you don't want to see either of us without facial hair. These are not defined faces. These are the faces of white podcasters, not <laughs> not models. Not models. <laughs> not models. Uh, so we will be back. Uh, I, I think Sunday we'll uh, we'll have more cast stuff to talk about. But this was so close to the last pod that we did, which was a lot of fun. Again, thank you so much to all our listeners that submitted the questions. I, I thought it was a, a lot of fun to go through that. If you have questions or wager suggestions, you can send that to the pod account. You can also send that to chasedownpod at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe because it's the best way to help us show up in the algorithms if you're listening via podcast leave a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and help cook those books if you want to be part of the chase downs exclusive discord chat you can send a screenshot that review to chase at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there and until next time go cats